welcome to Wake Up Snakes episode. I don't even remember what episode. Oh, I have no idea. Fifty. No. Wait, we had the Tim Wakefield episode recently. What? It's forty-nine. Well, forty-nine. We're gonna call, we're gonna say forty-nine. Might be wrong. Um, I'm Trey. Uh, joined as always by Dylan Tucker and Cam. Just left, but Cam, how we doing, boys? Oh, we're doing. We're Great doing. day. Oh, Cam's back. So, I haven't done points forever. I haven't done points for the past two weeks. I've had a crazy week. Uh, I started work this week. So, first of all, loser me. I moved on Sunday. Only caught the second half of the Patriots game. That's the only football I watched Sunday. Um, so, loser, I am now a Boston resident. I am no longer going to be in studio most of the time. I'll, I'll, I'll pop in here and there, but uh, that's a big loser, I'd say. Uh, the Chris Sale episode. The Chris, no, Chris Sale is 41. What the hell? Why is he on what this a, list of... He was, yeah, he's been 41. Who, what episode is this, 49? I think so. Why is he on the ranking page for best player to wear 49? Because they always Um, any winners and losers from football takes this week? Giants are first in the division. I'm I'm big winners. Uh, um, not last week, but the week before, I won two points. Yeah, Dylan's big. I think we covered that last episode. Uh, I might be lo- I might be getting into loser territory with my thoughts on the Eagles. Wait, did I miss a week? No. Yes. I'm confused. Forty-eight should be up, I think. Yeah. No, yeah, I thought I put it up. I don't know. I feel like we didn't talk about any of this stuff. It's been a while. Yeah. Anyway. So, that's, I mean, I, I, the big thing, I guess, for me is I moved. So, I haven't been, like, paying attention to the show. I haven't been pulled. I haven't been, like, pulled wall, really. Um, but, but, Sam, you going to open that package or what? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Um, so who wants to lead off the waste takes tonight? I'd love to. Because I have a hot take. Um, so everyone watched the Broncos game this week, and Saints beat the crap out of them. I bet the Broncos, because, you know, sounded fun. It was like, maybe this guy's got something, Kendall Hinton. And um, then I started reading some stats about the Saints without Drew Brees. Do you know what their record is without Drew Brees over the last two years? Pretty good. 7-0. and Well, they had Teddy Bridgewater last year, that's why. More importantly, do you know what they are against the spread without Drew Brees? 7-0. Yep. <laughs> so this brings up the take, in my mind, the Saints are better without him. I mean, Drew Brees can't throw the deep ball anymore. He just can't. The offense works better. I mean, they just they win games convincingly when Drew Brees isn't there. I just I'm I love Drew Brees. Like, sorry, but like it might be over for you. He's the biggest thing holding back that organization right now because that team is so goddamn good. You're correct in saying they're very good. Why? How is he holding them back? They're a top team in the NFL. They're a top three team in the NFL. They're better without them. 
I genuinely believe that they're a better football team when he is not on the field. Okay, well, he's not holding them back. The reason they're so good is... Well, he... Good everywhere else except for him, they're good. I mean, not even except for him. Everywhere else on the field, they're good. They have good receivers. They have a good defense. They have a great running back. Cam keeps leaving and coming back in. It's really starting to piss me off. Um, but they're they're better with Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a great decision maker. He um, he doesn't have that arm anymore. You're right, 100%. He just can only throw a ball 15 yards, which significantly changes your game plan. When you have a quarterback that has a stronger arm and can also run like a running back, that's honestly a pretty good benefit to your team. You're, so basically what this take is that Taysom Hill is a better quarterback than Drew Brees, which is wrong. And they need, they need I'd rather to do... have Drew Brees out there than James Winston or Taysom Hill. I disagree with this take 100%. They need to do the Taysom Hill-Drew Brees combo like I came up with a couple weeks ago. I don't even know what I'm talking about with that one. That was like the most random thing. It was like, they need to play tight Taysom Hill at quarter and other positions. And no, they already do that. They need to do it. They need to swap every single play, no huddle, and it would just destroy every team. Well, Dylan, are they better without Drew Brees? No, not even close. Really? Because they lose when they Drew Brees on the field and they never lose when he's off the field. I specifically remember saying that Teddy Bridgewater was very good just cuz he went 5 and 0 and he did very well for that team and everybody shot me down. This was episode 25. That was like episode 2. Um, Whatever. That was episode like 2 or 3. Damn, Drew Brees Saints. You're muted. You you are muted. Yeah, no, this is dumb. Um, I think this is a terrible take. 7-0, that is not a sample size. That's a pretty uh, large sample size, over two years? Yeah. I think, let's look at the seven teams they played. Um, who were they? Can you name them? The Falcons? I got it pulled up here. So, so the Falcons and the Broncos this year, studs. Broncos had a backup girl kicker for their quarterback or whatever. Um, and then let's go back to last year. Oh, wait, wait, I think you're mixing up stories right now. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was <laughs> never mind. Um, and then let's go back to last year. We're on a little 5-0 and streak. We had uh, Dallas last year. They were great. 12-10 to, to 10 win. Tampa Bay was great last year. 8-8. Eight and eight. Jacksonville Jaguars, studs last year. Playoffs, right? Carolina, Indiana. I don't think any of those teams made the playoffs. Yeah, but Cam, Cam, but Cam, they didn't just win. They covered. And good teams win, but great teams cover. And they cover 100% of the time when Drew Brees isn't playing. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, Seven games against no playoff teams, not a one. I, I would bet them to, to cover too. Yeah, I'm sure other teams do that. I'm sure. Going seven, cover covering one. seven games in a row is a hefty feat. It's, it's enough, very it's rarely done. I'm glad you took the teams because that just dismantled this entire argument. No, because they covered. That's what saves my argument is that they covered every game. Well, maybe well, the bet should be you like bet on them, Dumbo. Because Drew Brees wasn't there. No. NFL teams do not care if they cover. That's, that's yeah, 
but great teams cover. You know what teams covered the most over the last 15 years, Trey? Patriots. Patriots. So, okay, okay, okay. 62% okay. cover so rate. This is, this is your take, then. This is your take. The Good Saints, teams win, great no, teams. No, no. The Saints are better off with Drew Brees for the betting man. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what I that's said. That's what I that said. That is your take. Absolutely. And that's the only thing I care about. Because I can get on board on that. Shambles. Shambles. His record against the spread affects me heavily. Cam just Derrick Henry stiff arm stiff arm your Josh Norman take. That's what just happened. No, that wasn't a Josh Norman take. That was a man take. That was a big boy take right there. Let Sorry you guys that. can't comprehend it because you're like, no, Drew Brees good 10 years ago. Drew Brees still good. Like, I'm sorry you're so stuck in the past that you can't understand that maybe quarterbacks get worse as they get older. They do. Worse. You're 100% right. Worse. They are still better with him than without him. Just stats. Tucker, Tucker, you know, you're stirring the pot. You changed my mind. I'm on board. Let's go. (laughs) Let it be known before the show I told Tucker that I was coming out of the party. (laughs) Good take, though. Spirited discussion. Anybody else want to go next? I'll go. All right, go ahead. I'm going college football. Uh, made it take a while ago. Oh, yeah, that might be a loser. Nah. <laughs> it's going to be a loser. Made it take a while ago that uh, a not a team outside of the Big Ten, SEC, and ACC will win a, a national championship this year. Um, no comment on that, but it's, it's tied into that. Uh, there's four undefeated teams outside – of the top four right now. That's Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, BYU, and, um, wow, I'm forgetting the last one. Um, anyone help me out here? BYU is, is in the hunt? Cincinnati, yeah, BYU. their quarterback's a stud. Um, I'll come back to it. But uh, there's four teams outside of the top ten right now, or top four to make it in, that... Um, you know, if they go on a feed, a team like Cincinnati, who's like number six in the country right now, personally think they should get in. Um, but my take is that if all four of those undefeated teams, this is very, very hypothetical, but if all four of those undefeated teams go undefeated and do not make the playoffs, they should have a separate playoff with just those four undefeated teams. And then the winner of that then plays no, just the playoff. They don't have to play anybody. But I think they should make a separate playoffs for all the undefeated teams um, and give them some sort of a trophy. So it's yeah. like the – what's the – UCF. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, so these four undefeated teams, if they're not in the top four and they have this playoff, they're not playing for a national championship. Correct. Okay, so I hate this take. What's the point? It's like the NIT, NIT tournament. Who cares? Why That's what I was saying. Wait, wait, wait. Let me switch it up a little bit. So this tournament, it's like a, a bowl, they're bowl games, too. So they're still New Year's Six. They'll still make a new – I don't know. It's in shambles. I, I thought it, it sounded cool. I like where you were going. You were going to say the winner of that plays <laughs> from the, the playoff. And I, I think that could work somehow. But – I don't like the idea of just a random tournament for absolutely no reason. Uh, I'm out on that. I'm 
Now, Cam, let me Marshall, give you a counter-proposal. Marshall is the other one. Let me give you a counter-proposal in that Lawyers. the fourth seed has a play-in tournament. That's what I like, Tucker. That's what I like. Where you have a tournament to see who gets the fourth seed and makes it in. So maybe it's like four teams get in. All Any undefeated team gets an automatic entry. And then like if there's an Ohio State or one one lost team that belongs in there, maybe put them in too. The only problem the, the only thing. problem with that, Tucker, is you're pushing the national championship back two weeks. That's fine, it's COVID. Like nothing's ever gonna be the same. We're expanding the college playoffs since they announced it. I should be an eighteen playoff. If it is an eighteen playoff, I think automatically like undefeated teams should get an automatic bid. Yeah. I don't, I don't Except know. not not Pac-12 teams because they only played three games. But let's change it to that. Change it to eight-game playoff and undefeated automatic bid. That's my take. Cam, I, Cam, I don't hate the uh, the like second-tier tournament. That just you know more revenue. They have some hype about it. No, People no watch one it. wants to be in the NIT tournament. Like yeah, they but, have a second-tier tournament in basketball, and like people that go to it are like, I genuinely don't even want to be here. I don't know. I think if there's enough hype about it, because the national championship in basket or in football, it's so small, obviously, because there's only four teams. You should be able to open it up to some more teams. There's a bunch of colleges out there that are good, but won't ever be good enough. Give them a chance at something. Uh, that one just, I'm not sure. I mean, has anyone ever watched an NIT uh, game? I think it would be more hype for football because again, there's only it would be only four teams, so that's. I guess you're right. Like it'd be like the fifth through eight team, so like I can see that being better, but I don't know. Just like it just feels so like half of a. I don't know. The difference between playing in that tournament and and at the end winning it and say, hey, we won the fake national championship versus just playing in a bowl game and saying, hey, we won the Orange Bowl. Yeah, well, that, then, then that, that well, t- that same argument's just about the difference between D one and D three. Like D three guys still try their friggin' best. They know they're not nearly as good as D one players, but they still go for championships. Yeah, but if, if D three, if there was a national championship, there is a national championship system. I think in D three. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, but, but yeah, you try to win your conference. There's so many more like D three programs. So I feel like that are like I don't know. I don't so, know. So my counter proposal to that is you're not competing against D1 athletes as D3 athletes. That'd be like if you didn't make it into your D3 tournament and so then you went to the Tier 2 D3 tournament. Yeah, but it's different, again, because this is football and there's only four teams that make it. So give the team out of Illinois that has no shot of making it anywhere to do this because they're never going to make it to the top four. Well, that's why they should be better. It's I'm not, all first. It's not gonna. It's the same four teams almost every year. Yeah, because that's a, that's a different problem entirely with all the recruiting system. There. But I don't know. I don't love this take. I don't love it unless there's something to play for. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the take is at this point. We'll draft something up for the polls. <laughs> it's like for me in high school football, like we didn't make the playoffs, and then we played two teams that were ranked ahead of us in the playoffs. One of them in the playoffs. And it was like it was fun and everything, and I put up huge numbers. But it was like at the same time, like I didn't want to be there. I'd rather have been at, you know, playing for a championship. It's like that. It's always getting big. All right, 
I have a take. Um, so I said this a couple of weeks back. I had one take that I'm throwing, that I'm not going to use, but I'll just give it anyways. That Sarah chick from UCF, or, or not UCF, what am I saying? Vanderbilt? She's a bad kicker. She's sucked a kick. That's one of my takes. That's not my waste of take, though. Um, my waste of take is, so I said a few weeks ago that running backs, the thing about running backs in the NFL is they can show up at any moment. Like, they can, they can draft a guy around, and if you have a good line, like a good system, he can become a good running back. Just look at Damon Harris, the third rounder. One of the highest ranked running backs by pro football focus over the past, like, month. My, my take is that there's no such thing as a first-round talent running back. So you, everybody drafts these guys in the first round, and they're supposed to be these, like, all-star super stud guys. Let's take a recent one. Saquon Barkley. Is he a great running back? Yeah, he's pretty damn good. But he gets hurt, and his team sucks. So how does he, like, how does that help him at all? How does it help his team? It doesn't because he has no line. Um, Zeke Elliott. Sucks. Fumbles every time he touches the ball. Terrible running back. Garbage. Overrated. Uh, one of my most overrated players in the league. Uh, Sony Michelle drafted in the first round. Don't even need to talk about him. He's so irrelevant. You can draft a guy in the fourth, fifth round that can come in behind a good line and a good scheme. And, be, and as long as he runs hard and gives it his all, he can become a very good running back in the NFL. I don't think there's anything, any such thing as a first round talent running back. So... I disagree with this take uh, purely because I think that you just need to see, like, in certain situations, the running back can completely transform a team. Like, what are the Titans without Derrick Henry there? I what do you think the Titans are if Derrick Henry is not on that team? Genuine question. Not as good. I don't think they're even a playoff team. Trey's talking about, like, rule of thumb. I, I know, but I'm saying, well, he said there's no such thing, and so I'm just, like, getting one current example, who I would say is Derrick Henry, and how I'd say he's worth a first-round pick just because he transforms an offense. But just think about... Like, you could plug someone else in there, but you're probably talking, I they, mean... Instead of drafting these guys, though, they all suck. They all suck. And they don't, and it doesn't help them get better. I'd say there's a higher bust rate for running backs just because it's such a... Uh... Essentially, the take boils down to you should never, ever spend a first-round pick on a right back. Yeah, See, so but if someone me... offers me a first-rounder for Derrick Henry, I'm absolutely taking it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Derrick I... Henry is, is tough, in, in my argument. But in the beginning of the year, he's usually not that good. It's just because he's so big that he has the year. I mean... He got them to a conference championship single handedly. Like, no one was saying Ryan Tannehill got them there. Like, that was Derrick Henry carrying a football team. I don't know. I just, I, I am anti running back. Yeah, so uh, let me jump in here. So, this is kind of like in fantasy football, right? You don't draft a quarterback first round. You know this because it's saturated position it's like in football you can pick up a running back that will perform for your team but you need the pieces around you that aren't as uh like as abundant to make your team that much better so if you can go out and grab a linebacker 
or an O-line, whatever, D-line, somebody who's a real difference maker and it's sparse amounts uh, just out there, then you should, as a game plan, always go for those ones that have small amounts because you can get running backs either later in the draft or pick up guys that are, you know, specialty that will help your team given the situation that you're in. You know, you can pick them up on a free agency. So I, I think as a rule of thumb, Trey, that's not a bad idea. But and to Tucker's case, there are obviously situations where a team has the ability to get a running back who is even better than all of the other guys that uh, are around. So obviously you have to weigh those. But I think as a rule of thumb, it's a good idea. I'd argue running back relies more on the rest of the team more than any other position. I'd agree with that. Right. So at that point, right, then you know that's, that, that's like a saturated position that you're going to pick up a guy as needed. You, you can't just go out and pick a whatever that uh, there aren't as many positions available, or players available. Year, some random guy comes out of the woodwork and becomes a good running back every year. Cam, your team has a running back. They drafted him high. What do you think? So I have a lot of arguments against this take. Um, Saquon not being one of them, I mean, you take the best player in the draft. That's kind of the, the mantra, if you will. Um, you want a guy that's that's going to take your team to the next level. But at the same time, so you have to pick a guy not only based on the best player in the draft, but based on who's coming up after you. So, yeah, the Giants didn't have a good line, but – the net, you know, you, you have to pick somebody so that other teams don't pick them as well. I mean, like, that's a factor that goes into it. So, say the next person picking is like needs a running back badly, and you need a running back too. Your offensive line isn't good. You're not going to just say, We need an offensive lineman before the running back and let the running back go to the next team. So, that's one of my points. My second point is that I don't know if you can make this argument for like a whole first round, maybe top 10, but. Think of, like, the Chiefs with the 30-second pick. Like, they didn't really need anything. Um, running running game was strong at the end of the season, but they had a couple guys leave, and they didn't have, like, one steady back. So they pick up Clyde in the first round. Nobody was mad at that. I think if you if you don't need anybody running back's a good team, I, I mean, I don't think it's, it's a – I don't think you can't take one in the first round, I guess is what I'm saying. I think, um, I think that I, makes I'm sense, Cam. I'm not for it. I don't like it. But, I mean, in the Saquon-Zeke situation, you take the best player in the draft, and those were the, the two guys. So here's the thing. I think this mainly has to do with the way football's in the NFL now. Obviously, a passing league. And I truly believe that if a team, if you're one-dimensional like that, you draft a running back, and that's your, your cowboy and your best player. If any team stacks a box, they can stop the run. And then it turns out how good is your pool. But, so I think that the way the game's played right now, the running back position just isn't that valuable. And I think you can find a guy that can be just as effective and uh, noteworthy as some of the top, top tier guys. That's just my opinion. I, I truly don't believe that. I guess, Cam, you're probably right. Maybe I should have said first half of the first round. But uh, at the same time, I just I don't trust running back in the first round. I don't. Yeah, I think Cam's point is great with the you know top 10 maybe because if you have if you're crossed between a running back or whatever other position that is scarce in the draft you should take the guy that's scarce in the draft at the top 10 that the position i mean at in 
in the top of the in top ten, say. All right, Cam. Oh no, I mean Dylan. Waste the tape. Sorry. Yeah, so mine's kind of a pander pick, but I'm gonna go after it anyway. This the Steelers. What are they now? Eleven and zero. Eleven and zero, right? Yeah. Eleven and zero. This team's good. Everybody thinks that they're good. They're definitely on the up and up. Nobody really thought. I don't think that this was gonna happen. I will say though, if this team goes sixteen and zero, if this team at sixteen and zero were to play the Patriots, twenty set two thousand seventeen, Patriots would beat them by fifty. Yeah. Hands down. Easy pander take. Your thoughts? No, I, I said this to Tucker yesterday. I said this eleven and zero Steelers team might be the worst undefeated team of all time, and I truly believe that. I think I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, that's probably think, a better take. So, so Tucker's counter argument was, well, the Patriots were eight and zero last year, and they suck. Eight and zero and eleven and zero are vastly different to me. I think the undefeated conversation comes. That was Zach's counter argument. You're right. You're right. Never mind. It was our our buddy Chris, who I don't know if he's still listening to the show. He was going to listen all the way but um, my point is, I don't think the undefeated conversation really comes into effect until after week ten. I think if you're ten and zero then you're serious consideration for going undefeated. They're now 11-0. I truly believe this 11-0 team is the worst undefeated in terms of, you know, 10, or 10 games where they're undefeated team in history. And I 100% agree that high-flying Patriots of 2007 would smack this team in the mouth. Um, I'm going to start off with why I'm at the Steelers. Yesterday's game was a joke. They beat a Ravens team... With no one by five points. This team was missing two offensive linemen, their first two running backs, their first wide receiver, their second wide receiver, and their tight end, and their QB, and they lost by five. I mean, it was a laughable offensive performance by them. And did I lose money on it? Yeah, and so I'm pretty pissed off about it because I had the Steelers minus ten and a half and Trace McSorley screwed me. Convinced that frauds, Tuck? How are you going to only put up 19 points in that game when you're getting three and outs every single drive, getting the ball on like the 40-yard line, and then not being able to put a drive together the entire game? It was embarrassing. If I'm a Steelers fan after that game, I feel awful. Hey, they still won. Cam, do the Seven Patriots beat the yeah, I think so. That being said, I think the Steelers are going to go undefeated. Um, 16-0, I think they're going, not all the way. I think they're going to go 16-0. I actually had a dream that they did go 16-0. Um, You're predicting so the future, Cam. Don't the rest of their schedule. It's it's easy. I'm pretty sure. I, 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 got, I got it right here. But I will say this. They're going to be 16-0, and 0, and if they get put up against someone like the Titans or something in the second round, mm-hmm. they're going to be—they're not going to be favored. I guarantee you they will be the dog if they play a team like that. The Chiefs will smack this team. They, they play. They, the Browns. they do the have Chiefs the Browns, smack and Colts left on the schedule. They play Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, Indianapolis, and Cleveland. Buffalo beats them. Yeah, they got chances to lose. And they're know. in Buffalo and in Cleveland, even though they did beat the crap out of Cleveland. Is the is the fraud bowl? All right, 
I've been calling Colts frauds since day one. Cam's starting to come around on them being frauds. Um, if they if they win that game, if the Colts if the Colts win that game, the frauds flip. The Steelers become the ultimate frauds, and the Colts that fraud. Did you apologize? No, no chance. I apologize to this team. They are absolute frauds. See, this is the worst part about frauds is I don't think unless a team wins the Super Bowl, you'll ever take back their fraud status. No, I could. I, it, I, it's just because of Philip Rivers. If Philip Rivers goes down and they start Jacoby Brissett, I will, I will rescind fraud status. That's what I'll do. All right, that works for me. All right, all right. Speaking of frauds, are we done with that? Anybody else on the, the Steelers at all? Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of frauds, fraud of the week. I've got a fraud of the week. Sarah Fuller, the kicker. <laughs> now listen, I'm all for this letting letting girls kick thing. Let girls play. Let them play if they want. But she sucks. She sucks. That team got blew out 41 to nothing. So we haven't seen her kick a field goal yet. Maybe she can do it. Maybe she can't. I'm not one to say. I'm not going to speculate on that. But I do. I do know that she's been hyped up. She got. NCAA Special Teams Player of the Week, her big play was a kickoff that went probably 20 yards. It looked like the, like in high school when you don't have a kicker and you just throw like the, the center out there. You're like, just try to kick this thing. She's not good based on what I've seen, and she's being hyped up. If she was good, this would be the best story to ever happen. It would be the story of the year. But she sucks, and I'm sick of hearing about how good she is. She's not good. I'm sorry. Maybe the next girl kicker will be better. I honestly hope she is. It's cool for the game, um, but she sucks. Fraud. Absolute fraud. Now, I'm going to sit here and defend Sarah Fuller because a couple of things. Number one, it was a design script kick. She did her job on that play. I don't know. I don't know because I've seen it looks like I watched it was. a video recently of her kicking from 18 to 18 as the um, – different when you're when you're in the field of play it's a yeah but we're talking that's what how not it, it was it's down? from the six it's from the six to the 18 six so to the si- that's yeah, like sorry, she that's like from the six to the 18 that's like 70 it's not like she doesn't have a leg on her like it's not like she couldn't have kicked it to at least like the 50 which is an idiot sarah fuller isn't what, what I'm saying on that is that goal kick that I s- saw her do, you know, that's an absolute bomb. Um, I kick field goals when I in my spare time, at least I used to. I could never kick the ball that far in a soccer field like that from a standstill where the ball's not moving. So she has to have a leg on her. I, I'm full on board that that was a squib kick. I just want to see that, you know, that ball just drive into the end zone for her because that would be amazing. The one thing I'll knock her on that I or knock her on that I think um, I would appreciate it more as a as a player is if she hit the squib kick and then sprinted after the ball and just was like I, like I'm gonna murder somebody because that would be aggressive girls play for the boys. Instead, she 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 ran to the sideline, which I don't know kickers do that too. But it would be a great scene if she had like was like I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try to like make a difference here as well. I, I, that would be awesome to see as well for you know girl power and all that stuff too. 
think the squib kick is the ultimate spin zone, and you guys have fallen. Hope, hope well, I, 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 you watch the kick, and you're like, you didn't even run up to it. Like, put, like it looked like she didn't put the effort in, but then you watch the soccer fields clips, and she's like an absolute animal kicking it uh, 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 from the sure. six. Soccer and football. Cam, Seraphil, a fraud or nay? Seraphil, not a fraud. Um, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what happened. Not yet. Media machine. I'm gonna tell you what happened right now. Um, Sarah Fuller had one week of practice using a football. All right. Can she kick it to the end zone? No, probably not. It's it's an elliptical shape. It's a lot different. You got pads on. It's a cult. It's not the word. Yeah, it is. Um, and, uh, Eclipse. So no, Eclipsable? she can't kick it to the end zone. So the better move is to just kick it so they can down it at the 35 and let it, instead of kicking it to what, the 10, 15, to where they can get a return. It's probably not going to go too high. And I think this is the right move. Now, Trey, you're going to eat your words next week because I'm calling a Sarah Fuller field goal this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, Cam, because when I kick – you know, kickoffs when I was practicing, I could get it down to the five, maybe. And when you're trying to like game plan, you definitely don't want to just like throw out like a line drive out there at the 10. That's refs- yeah, recipe for bad news. Screwed. So I, I'm on board that that was a squib kick. I, if, if she punted, if she booted one into the end zone, that would just be fantastic. I, I hope it happens. All right, miss. All right. You, you bunch of. Trey's a misogynist. So he's my fraud of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she that award. Well, she does. Yes. No, yes, no, not at all. No. My fraud of the week is Trey. For being a misogynist, I'm sorry, it's 2020. We have to cancel you for this. So I didn't actually have a fraud of the week, so you are now my fraud of the week. The real fraud. Bum, you had no idea what to say fraud, and you turned it on me. And <laughs> That is, that is the worst. <laughs> I hate it. Misogyny today. is on the hot seat here on the podcast. Because three of us are anti-misogyny. The real. Said, I'm for her being on the team. I just want her to perform. That's all I want. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to. I'm not. Hold every other player that I talk about on this podcast. I've never heard you insulting a male for a squib kick. I I am I call man male. <laughs> Frauds. I am actually the least biased person here. I'm just saying, I've never heard you complain about a single man squib kicking. Because it wasn't, because they can actually kick the ball, and she can't. Okay. So, again, she's, uh, she can, uh, that was a squib kick. I don't think she can kick the ball to the end zone, but I want to see it, so she's not a fraud yet. If she tries to, if I see her try to lay into one and it just is a line drive right to the 15, then you can call her a fraud. You call the whole team a fraud because they can't find a kicker that's not hurt that can kick the ball into the end zone like every other college team. If she doinks balls off the post next week, I want to have written apologies. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else have a problem? I'll, I'll take you off. I will apologize for calling you a fraud if she is awful next week. Anybody else with a real fraud? I do have another fraud, though. Okay, go ahead. Uh, no, oh my god, another goal, let's go. Um, Notre Dame is my fraud of the week. I just don't think they're that good of a football team. They get overhyped every single year because it's Notre Dame, all that stuff. Congrats on beating Clemson without their quarterback and edging out a win against BC. You're not that great. Like, I'm, 
I'm not buying it that their uh, two best wins are UNC, who isn't really that good of a team. They just got ranked up high for some reason this year. They haven't really proved anything. And then their other big win was against Clemson when Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence and a bunch of their players were out due to COVID. So I'm just not buying the hype on Notre Dame. I want to get that out ahead of time for when they lose. Clemson, Clemson also edged out BC, though. So BC, don't knock on that. <laughs> they got cool helmets. Um, I have a... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have an inside source. Um, with Notre Dame football, actually, quarterback Ian Book. Um, one of my friends is is his best friend from high school. So uh, I'm all in on Notre Dame. I think Ian Book's ready to play. He's going to go to the league. I think the Patriots should look at him. Uh, tough guy, runs the ball well when he has to, um, and good decision-making. Doesn't get sacked often and can get rid of the ball. Notre Dame, not a fraud. They're good. All right. Um what games do we want to talk about? Do we want to start on the Patriots? Uh, yeah, sure. So, Patriots win. I don't care at all about that. I think this says more about the Cardinals and the Patriots. I think we, I think I called the Cardinals frauds, but I did not long overdue. Cardinals are frauds. They're not good. Uh, they're, they're okay. Kyler Murray's good. They're not there yet. Um, they let this dog crap team beat them. Should have beat them by more than a field goal because that absolute garbage call, which I'd like to talk about, which was just one of the most atrocious things I've seen on a football. I screamed at my TV. I did too. Um, Cam Newton sucks. Sucks bad. If we re-sign him, I'm going to boycott the team. I'm writing Mr. Kraft a strongly worded letter. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I don't really have much on the game. I only watched half of it. So if anybody else wants to touch on it, uh, I just, I think that play you got to let the kids play. That's a football play. I don't know how it got cold. But anybody, anybody else wants to speak on it, they can. Um, I think that Belichick's getting very overlooked as having like a coach of the year type performance this year with a team that has zero talent. To like get some of these victories is just impressive. I mean, I know that you hate it because you think that the Patriots should go 13-0 regardless of who's on their team. But, I mean, this team doesn't have much talent whatsoever. And even when they're losing, they're losing close. They're competitive in every game they get into. I think this is one of Bill Belichick's best coaching jobs in a single year. I'm going to say it. He completely reworked the offense. That's a hard disagree for me. Uh, Is he doing a good job? Can he still coach? Yes, I've said this a hundred times. I'm scared of him as a GM, not a coach. They're, they're not doing anything. They're middle of the pack. They're not going to make the playoffs. That's not coach of the year territory. If he took this team to the playoffs, I think then you'd have then you'd have a real conversation. He they're a, they're a middler at best. They're they're low to middler. That's not coach of the year territory. Sam, uh, any comment on that? Or Dylan, you were sending up the laughing emoji. Yeah, exactly, Trey. If this team was somehow brought to the playoffs, I think you have a case. Um, they're five and six. They're terrible, and the fact that they have five wins is, I don't want to say impressive, obviously, but it does show that Belichick can win games with a team that is just absolutely terrible. But Coach of the Year, Tuck, he should get no record. 
should get no recognition. If he brought this team to the playoffs, he'd be, you know, in the, like, hunt at, like, maybe fifth. This team beat the Dolphins, who are a playoff team. They were a play away from beating the Seahawks. They beat the shit out of the Raiders. They were competitive with the Chiefs. Um, they were a score away from being the Bills. They beat the Ravens. Like, this team, and they beat the Cardinals. Like, this team hasn't had, like, an easy schedule this year. It's not like last year where they had this laughable schedule. Okay, I think, I think the, the moment where the conversation ends is the Texans game. Because that was poorly coached, that game. And if they won that game with good coaching, you're six and five, you're in the hunt. I think that's where it ended. Uh, Cam, your thoughts on Felichek, coach of the year, slash your Cardinals maybe not being the superhumans everyone thinks they may be. Is he not here? I still like I'm here. I still like the Cardinals. <clears throat> um, they got out. They got out coached. They're still young. Um, it's hard to game plan for the Patriots no matter who is is playing. That's one thing that I will confirm. Um, and he's just too young. He hasn't seen enough. So he's going to beat these teams that, that don't have great coaching because the skill on the field is just going to make up for it. Uh, I think they're up and coming. And they still got a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, they're not out of it. Patriots look worse and worse. You know, chances look worse with the AFC winning. Um, but uh, I didn't watch the whole game. I watched like a little bit of the fourth quarter. But um, I saw the hit. I did see the hit. Very clean hit. Nice hit. Tough break. Yeah, that's Patriots. They don't get calls. Now, Cam, what's your thoughts on the Bill Belichick Coach of the Year? Yeah, I think there's only three, probably three coaches in the running for a Coach of the Year. Mike Tomlin, obviously, the front runner. Um, Sean McDermott, probably with the Bills if they keep it up. And then, I mean, you can say Andy Reid, but he didn't improve. He just kind of... Hey. Keep going. So I would say um, McVay, maybe. I would say uh, Brian Flores is probably up there, too. I have Stefanski in my list, too. Mm-hmm. For the Browns, yeah. Yeah. They haven't beaten anyone good, though. So. Yeah, but I don't know. Bring the Browns to 8-3, and three, I think you should get, like, the Medal of Honor. You should get some sort of choking. No <laughs> um, all right. Cam, the division-leading Giants. Who did they beat this week? Bengals by two <laughs> without Joe Burrow. I watched that entire <laughs> game. Yeah, Daniel Jones got hurt. I actually didn't get to watch the game. Um, I was driving, but um, yeah, I mean, look, we're on top. We're the four seed, fair and square. Um, looking, yeah. looking, looking forward. I'm pretty sure the entire NFC East is losing this week. Um, we play good teams. We play the Seahawks. I don't remember who everyone else plays. Packers are playing somebody. They're going to get throttled. I think Washington's playing the Steelers. They are. Yeah, no, everybody's getting throttled. Uh, we're going to go and lead in the division next week at 4-8, and eight, and, I, and I cannot be more happy about it. Uh, how are you preparing for a playoff run? What do you think this team's actual chances of a playoff, of going, going to a Super Bowl, are? Okay, well, let's start with the first game in the playoffs. Uh, it's a matchup thing. So how is it working? Is it six versus seven for a wild card spot, or is it what? How does it going to work with the seven team? It's it's the one he's in through the next round, and the two and the seven, three and the six, and five and the four. 
Okay, yeah. so we're the four seed. So right now, uh, who are we projected to play? The Rams? Uh, whoever is the two seed in the NFC West, probably. Either that or the Bucks. No, the Bucks are seven and five now. I think it's the Rams. Give me one second. So playoffs, it would be the yeah, the Rams. So we're projected to play the Rams. Uh, 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 advantage. I think our defense is is getting better by week. I think we we beat the Rams. Uh, Rams aren't tough. You know, take out. You know. Jared Goff's terrible. Just score maybe two touchdowns and shut down the offense. We're winning that. Easy. Uh, chances to win to the Super, go to the Super Bowl. The Giants are very good as underdogs in the playoffs. We've seen time and time again. I will never count anyone out. Um, so, I don't know. I'm excited, man. I hope we go 4-12 and 12 and make it. I'm with you, Cam. Um, I'm with you, Cam. The Rams are – that. that's just a terrible animal. You know, that's just like a beta animal. They suck. That's kind of the epitome of their the team. Or the Bucks. Tom Brady versus the Giants in the playoffs. No fun. Oh, yeah, that would be great, too. Um, okay, um, speaking of Tom Brady, let's talk about the big game of the weekend. I actually did watch all of this game. Um, the Chiefs and Bucks. Um, this one was a weird one because I thought that I thought the Bucks were going to win this by a hundred. I mean, the Chiefs, excuse me, the Chiefs were going to win this by a hundred. It started to look that way early. Bucks pushed back. Um, I after this game, I I'm at the same place I was with the Bucks, where they'll make the playoffs, they'll lose in the second round. It's not their time yet. Um, next year's the year. But Cam, after watching this game, you uh feel a lot better about the Bucks, do you not? Yeah. I'm back on the wagon. Um, just came out that Brady's calling the plays from now on. So Arians, Arians has no, I mean, I'm sure he has a say, but they worked it out and Brady's going to be kind of handling every play call, which is what he wanted from the beginning. And now he finally feels like he has the receivers kind of somewhat where he wants them. I think this is a dangerous football team. Uh, just by the fact they lost by three, it seemed a lot further away than that. But it's Brady in the fourth quarter. I mean, they play around him, and if he can rally that team together, um, they they have a very lethal chance. I I say they make the the uh, NFC Championship probably because the Rams aren't making it now that they're playing the Giants. <laughs> so I think that will help Cam the play calling because one of the problems I think uh, is going on with the with the Bucks that I mentioned that I had heard was that they were running two different schemes. Brady wanted to do one thing, Aaron's wanted to do another. Now that they have just Brady, which I hate the quarterback on being the one to call the plays, but um, still, that will help them. I think a- NFC Championship is the ceiling for this team, though. And I also want to talk about the Chiefs. This is a good team that the Chiefs just went up against, and they absolutely destroyed them in the first half at least, and they're just so much better than everyone. There's no point watching the rest of the season. Uh, Tucker, anything on two spots? Yeah, um, I mean, the Bucks secondary is just bad. I don't think they've really worked on it very much. It was their biggest weakness last year, and it still seems to be their biggest weakness this year. It was pretty laughable. And when you get into the playoffs where everyone can throw the ball and throw the ball deep, you're going to be screwed if you don't fix the problems that you have at that position. 
Joe? Yeah, I, I, they're good. I think Brady calling the plays is going to be great for the Bucks. The Chiefs are still the team to beat, it seems. Um, I don't know. I, I'm indifferent on the Bucks. I was on the high train at the beginning, and, and then I kind of lulled, and now I'm back a little bit on the Bucks train, or the, the ship, I should say, the, the sea vessel. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. So my initial predictions were eight and eight, still in play. Then I moved to nine, nine and seven, still in play. So just want to throw that out there. Um, all right, let's. What do we have for time, Bill? Fifty minutes. All right, let's talk about the game that was played yesterday afternoon. First of all, Wednesday afternoon football maker thing, loved it. Um, but we got some vintage RG three in this game. We got RG3 coming in, running around a little bit, and then getting hurt. And then TikTok's hero, Trace McSorley, coming in, throwing a dot for one play, and then sucking. Uh, Tucker, you lost some money on this game. Want to touch on it? Yeah, uh, first off, fuck Trace McSorley. Um, Not even a good quarterback. Just got lucky on that one play. Pissed me off real bad. Um, But first things first. If there was anyone that didn't think RG3 was getting injured this game, they're wild. Because, like, that's just obvious. It was obvious this entire time that Trace McSorley was definitely going to play. Why didn't you, why didn't you bet on it, huh? and, I, and I said Trace McSorley is going to lose us this bet. Um, but, I mean, this game is probably a worst-case scenario of yours. And not a worst-case scenario, but it's the worst way you can win as a Steelers fan. Like, beating the Ravens is supposed to be this great thing. Would you beat a Ravens that was missing half their team? I mean, I don't feel confident after that. The offense was pretty inept. The defense still looks great, but offense and special teams both look really poor for them today. Uh, Dylan, anything on this? I know you were working, but did you get a chance to see any of it? I didn't see this one. Cam, are you there? I will say, though, Tuck, you should have bet on RG3 getting hurt. I'm here. All right, any thoughts on the game yesterday? I didn't watch it. I went to watch it last night. It was over. I didn't know it was, it was in the afternoon. So I heard a lot of different things, but I have no idea really what, what transpired. But... um so, yeah, I can't really touch on it. All right. Uh, any other games you want to touch on this weekend? I don't think so. Uh, Matt Patricia fired. What do we think of that? Love it. Need to get out of there. Yeah, uh, you were talking high on the Lions earlier today, so explain to Yeah. Me. Matt Patricia is a great defensive coordinator. He tried to be like Belichick, but no one respects him. So it's really hard to be Bill Belichick if none of your players respect you and buy into your system. And that's my whole thing with him, is that, like, he never earned the respect. So, how is he going to run, like, this offense? It just didn't work. I mean, everything about it looked off and wrong. The defense specifically looked terrible. And if you're going to come in as a defensive genius, you can't have a bad defense. But, Tucker, you said their offense is, like, really, really good. Yeah, I do. Well, I just think their offense is good because of the weapons they have. I don't think it's specifically because of Matt Patricia. I think they have good weapons on that offense. 
So here's my thinking. Did Patricia need to get fired? Yes, it was overdue. Does this make the Lions better? No, they're the Lions. They haven't been good ever. I've never seen them be good, like literally ever. Haven't been good since Barry Sanders was there. Uh, they've wasted some talent in both Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, generational, generational players. Cam has said Stafford's out after this year. I agree. Would love to see Stafford come to New England. Um, speak to that, Cam. Any thoughts on the Lions and the firing? Good firing. Called him a That's a big winner. I think we all called him a fraud. But um, I had a sneaky feeling Stafford might go to New England. Even more sneaky feeling that Patrick is going to New England. So I said this too. I don't want that to Patrick. Let me just throw that out there. I think I've said this on the show. That's the only AFC East team he hasn't played for. So I don't think it'll happen. He's too old at this point, and he doesn't have a lot to show for anything he's done in the league. So I think that Stafford's a much more likely option if he wants out in Detroit, which I think he may. Gil, uh, any thoughts on the Lions? Yeah, Patricia? Yeah, we, like Cam said, we all had him being fired. It was overdue. Um I say the Pats bring him back. Get 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 him on the D side again. Bring Stafford too. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like that actually. Um, okay, quickly basketball. Uh, big trade yesterday was yesterday the day before. Um, yesterday. John Wall and a first round pick to Houston for Russell Westbrook. Um, I personally like John Wall. I don't like Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Um, so I think. Houston getting John Wall, who is a solid all-star type player when he's healthy, and a first-round pick, although it isn't a few years from now, um, is the winner of this trade. I know some people may feel differently, um, but I love John Wall. I love his dance. I love uh, his play style. Um, so I like this trade. And then also basketball, uh, just selfish-related. So uh, it's, did we, talk, we talked about this. We did. Did we talk about Tristan Thompson? I think we did. But, um, all right, the trade. Uh, Cam, what's on the trade? So, my my take on it, i just like to see John Wall and, and uh, Boogie Cousins getting back together. Um, a viewer of ours who knows basketball pretty well and is on mine um, thinks that they're too injury-prone. But who is it? Right. I mean, everybody gets injured in the, in the NBA. Um, I think they get back together, form a, a nice little alliance. And is J- you guys think James Harden's going to stay? Is he going to leave? That was going to be my next question. I think he's. I think he's out. I think he's gone. I think it's good that he's gone. I think start fresh there in Houston. Get back somebody like Yao Ming. Get a big old Asian dude and <laughs> just throw him in there. Yao Ming got some body to him too. I don't know about that, but I, I 100% agree that they need to start fresh. They're stagnant and they're unhappy. Sounds like Harden's unhappy. Uh, Dale, the trade. What do you think? Uh, the, the Rockets had their chance, and it's and it's been passed for a few years now. I think the trade's great. I think, uh, um, like you said, Harden's going to go out, and that team's going to rebuild. Um, in terms of John Wall, though, you know, I'm not a big basketball guy, but I haven't literally heard anything about that guy since the dance. So has he, like, even done anything? Like He's, he's an all-star. But, like, is he good? He's a good player when he plays. Yeah, he's pretty solid, I'd say. He's gone to the playoffs. He, they, the Wizards and Celtics had a great series back when Isaiah Thomas was on the team. 
uh, like five, like three, four years ago. Um, so yeah, he's he's a solid player. I'd put him at like like second tier good yeah, players. Probably. Yeah, right. So I mean, it's good for uh, guy team to pick him up for sure. Uh, Tucker, great thoughts. Uh, yeah, I thought, honestly, good trade for both teams, probably. Um, I can't really say how beneficial it will be for the Wizards until we know what draft... Oh, wait, it's a lottery-protected draft pick, correct? I believe so. Yeah, so for the Wizards getting Russell Westbrook, I think out of the two, he's the more... Uh, probably the better player, just in terms of... I mean, they're probably maybe... Similar skill-wise, but uh, Russell just has less of a history of injury. So I'd say player for player, it's probably good, especially when you have a guy that clearly wants out of Houston. And I think that like starting the rebuild now would probably be in your best interest. And getting an extra draft pick on top of that is always good. Alrighty, um, so I think that's our show. Uh, I will get all the points and stuff squared out for next week. I think we're going to have a triple, triple trifecta poll this week. So keep an eye out on that. But uh, get ready. We got a couple weeks till the Waste Take Awards. I keep forgetting the name. I'm going to call them the Wasties. The Wasties. So get ready for those. And uh, check us out on our socials. And thanks for being Waste with us. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.